something that we know we've been preaching a lot over the last year on peace. And on my, some of my personal study, I've been looking into some things a lot on uh, the rapture and the tribulation and some end times. And I came across something uh, through that study and some things I've been listening to at that uh, a little concerning. I had this thought, and I want to address something today that will help with where we're at with looking at peace, but also um, could be a help as uh, we witness to others. And uh, the subject of one thing coming into the tribulation time and before the rapture is uh, there's going to be a, what the Bible calls a great falling away. Or there's going to be a lot of people that maybe knew the truth. Uh, even Romans chapter 1 talks about them. Uh, they might have been saved, might be what we call Christian or claim to be Christian. And they're just getting away from the truth. And uh, I heard a number. I was going to look it up again. I apologize. I forget the exact number. So if someone finds something and I'm a little off, I apologize. But, but uh, of the number of people that coming out of seminaries today, and this is very broad Christian, all different names on church signs and all things, but but uh, over 70% of uh, Bible college graduates that want to enter the ministry today say they do not believe in a literal hell. And uh, that's scary. And I've heard some of that number, even over 60% of Baptists told, said they do not believe in a literal hell. And uh, th that's, that's concerning for a number of reasons, but, but I want to address kind of a specific area. So this kind of came out of um, some things that, uh, some broader studies I'm looking at, but I believe I can be a little bit of a help uh, for us, but I want it to be encouragement back to the idea of peace for our sake, knowing some Bible, but also how we can help <clears throat> and as we witness to other people. Um, so, I want to look at Ephesians chapter 6. We'll start reading in verse 10. It says here, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And uh, let's open with a brief word of prayer. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you. Uh, for giving me the privilege to preach, but also help me, and God help us to receive your word that, that we may be a better witness for you, in Jesus' name, amen. A couple things in this passage, first of all, we understand that, that there's, a, there's a warfare that is, is in the spiritual, it says verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
But against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. A couple things there briefly. As we understand, there's things Satan does not want us to have victory in our life. Uh, Satan, notice there has the word wrestle though. Wrestle is different than warfare. Uh, wrestling has to do with that challenge. It has to do with more of uh, keeping incapacitated. It has to do with uh, keeping us out balance, if you will. Keeping us uh, where we're in a constant struggle, but the warfare is spiritual. Um, that's God. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not preaching on this subject exactly today, but, but if you follow through the Bible, you have a God either protecting us or the angels. And Daniel, and Daniel prayed, and uh, God sent a message to Daniel. The angel came to Daniel and explained to Daniel that it had, his answer was delayed because the angel had to fight through uh, the demonic spirits in, in heaven that we can't see to get to Daniel with that message. And uh, so there is a spiritual warfare, but the fight itself is not ours. But the Bible tells us how to prepare so that we can handle uh, the, the wrestle and to stand. Notice how many times here it says to stand. Take the verse 13, the Lord of that he may be able to withstand an evil day and then on the stand. Verse 14, stand therefore. And uh, so several times it just said, hey, we're, our job is to be faithful in the things of God. But, but I want to focus on verse 15. <clears throat> Notice again, the whole armor of God, all the parts of the armor, and, and things to do in our Christian life. In other words, Christian life is not about, hey, I got saved, everything's going to be okay, so I can go out and be happy. Um, there's a lot to it. That Satan's trying to fight us and stop us. And, and, and the armor is a complete armor. I just want to focus on a couple parts. Notice in verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. A few things, uh, the gospel is our peace. It has to do with our journey. It has to do with our going. And uh, we get into the gospel. There's a couple things in the Bible that people sometimes confuse. And, and it has to do with when Jesus speaks or if Paul wrote it or, or whatever. Paul a few times referred to his letters as my gospel. The word gospel means good news. We use the term gospel when we're witnessing or give out tracts or, or, or give things and we refer to Christ's uh, death, burial, and resurrection as the gospel. That is the greatest good news. But it's not the only good news. Um, and it's part of it. So be careful in the Bible. Sometimes the gospel can be used in other things. But here, notice it calls it the gospel of peace. And uh, how to have peace and also we have in verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. So our salvation and what's referred to as the gospel is two different things. And, uh, and so they can be connected. It's part of the complete set of armor. Um, but there is a little bit of difference. Also in verse 19, <coughs> um, the writer here referred to um, that he may go boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. In other words, there's people out there that don't understand the gospel. Um, we refer to the world being lost or, or, or people. There's a mystery. That, that's just a lack of understanding. Uh, there's some preacher that dig in to try to figure out all the times the Bible uses the word mystery and all these mysteries in the Bible about God. And, 
and, and, and don't read into that word too much. It just maintains there's a little bit of a lack of understanding. We don't completely understand. In other words, I can explain to you what the Bible says on how to be saved. But the miracle that took place and what God did and the greatness of salvation is still a mystery. Um, I don't understand <coughs> everything about God. It, 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 it has, a, has a mystery. Doesn't mean that I can't obtain it. Doesn't mean that I can't live with it. It doesn't mean that I can't receive the gift, but there's still a mystery uh, of understanding. So don't, don't get all hung up on, on words like that in the Bible. Sometimes people make too much of those things. And, and it just means there's a mystery in the gospel. But part of the mystery is to those that are lost and understanding it. And the Satan has done everything he can to confuse and keep people from being saved. Um, that's why there's so many religions in the world. That's so many why there's so many versions of the Bible out there. That that's why there's so many different uh, uh, takes on 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 doctrine and and uh, people have twisted the idea of salvation into some works and ideas. Let's go to Romans chapter ten. Romans chapter ten. Some of the verses we'll read in a moment in, uh, in Romans 10 that we use when we witness to somebody, but I want you to see the context. First of all, Romans is written to a church. These are written to people already saved, and many times in the, in the Bible, when we take a passage dealing with salvation, it's the, it's the Bible reminding you how you got saved. And uh, except for John, the book of John is written so you understand Christ, you get saved. Uh, but most of Paul's writings are written to a church explaining what you already got. And uh, so in verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Um, written to a church in Rome, he's speaking about Israel, that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Uh, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Um, so what he's dealing with here, he's talking about the people in Israel, the Jews, the same Pharisees, the same people Jesus had problems with uh, that attacked everything Jesus said where they had an element of the law now, if they follow the law, I'm working on some studies. I, it's going to be um, long. Every part of the Bible shows Christ. Everything they did in the Old Testament under the law that God established, how to do a sacrifice and, and all the feasts and how they went through their ceremonies, and every bit of that pointed to Christ. And if the Jews would have been right with God in their heart and understood why they're following God and why they did these things, uh, they would have recognized Jesus as their Messiah. But they were so caught up in the details of the religion and that we follow the law to the letter of the law. They were so focused on that side of it that they didn't recognize Christ. And that's what Paul's saying here. He said they're, they're ignorant of God's righteousness. He said they're following, uh, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. In other words, they're so hung up on the details of their religion that, that they, they were missing what God really had for them. Verse 4, for Christ is the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth, 
For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doth these things shall live by them, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what say that the word is thy, the even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. So notice they're preaching the word of faith, and we use this verse now. Well, when we're witnessing the people, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. <clears throat> so they have here we saw in, in verse 14 another example. Um, that they call on God, they act like they have religion. Many people say they believe in God, and it's a popular thing around the world right now that you can talk about God, just don't say too much about Jesus. And uh, false religious claim to believe in God, but but they can't call on God. They they don't they're they're not praying to anybody because they don't belong to God. Um, they they don't believe. And then in verse 15, we can see a similar phrase that we saw in Ephesians, talking about the gospel. <laughs> <clears throat> the gospel of peace. So our peace starts with the gospel. Uh, Romans 8 refers to being saved like an adoption because I'm saved, because I've accepted the gift of eternal life. I'm a now child of God, and I can have what you saw here in Romans that I have because I am a child of God. I can go to God in prayer, and I can have that peace. Uh, we see a couple of things, a couple of things going on in the world today as people are departing. And I mentioned a while ago the people that, that want to speak or preach or say they don't believe in a hell. <clears throat> There's also a doctrine that's gaining some popularity with that same idea. If you don't believe in hell, then they don't also either believe in heaven or it's not a new thing, what they call universalism. Or just, it doesn't matter who you are, how you live, eventually we'll all be saved, we'll all end up in heaven anyway. And uh, so, so belief really doesn't matter. And there's two, two things that are going on with it. From the religious side, it means that's the uni unifying of, it doesn't matter what church you go to, we're all the same. Uh, it doesn't matter what your religious details are, we all believe in God, so we can all get along together. And then... <coughs> That flows into the government aspect of either you don't believe in anything or religion is just, well, you can believe what you want. It doesn't matter as long as you do what the government says. Or the government becomes religion and, and none of it matters at all whether you believe or not because the universalism pulls everything together and it will all either end up in heaven or heaven doesn't exist at all. Um, the problem is 
Luke 16 tells an account of a man that actually went to hell. Luke 16, 23, it says in hell, he lift up his eyes, um, being in torment, and there's a conversation there with somebody actually in hell. And he, <coughs> here's a couple things that I thought of. If you're still in Romans, Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 is popular, or, or at least familiar with many. Um, but here's a, here's a problem with many of the false religions that even if they say they believe in hell, and, and I've dealt with this in Baptist, here's the danger, I'm letting you know, one to know what's out there, but also when you deal with somebody, or try to witness to somebody, they probably heard something along this line, and they have to overcome it in their mind, uh, when they accept Christ because they've been taught things that are wrong. And and without the idea of hell, it's even correct in our Baptist churches, this false idea of misusing the word repent in the Bible and saying that repentance means something to sin. Uh, the problem is it doesn't. That comes from the Catholic and then it's way the Baptist through the Presbyterians and Calvinism. And uh, it, it's, it's not. It does not mean turn from your sins. Bible proof of that, if you just do a word search on repent throughout the Bible, you'll find that God repented more than anyone else in Scripture. And uh, so God repented, it can't be a turning from sin. And uh, <clears throat> so they take that and they focus so much on their sin. Yes, it is because of my sin I need a Savior. It's because I've sinned i got a separation with God. It's because of my sin... <laughs> <clears throat> that I, I'm not going to heaven. It's because of my sin that I need a Savior. Um, we understand that, and that has to be dealt with talking to somebody and know my sin. The difference is, without that belief and understanding hell in Scripture, the focus becomes on the person's sin, and I've heard people preach this way, that you must turn from your sin to get saved. In other words, you need to be saved from your sin. Well, the problem with that idea is most people don't think they sin. Or they don't think they're bad enough. Or they think a sin's small enough, and if I do enough good, it'll right away my sin. And if you focus so much on the idea that you need to be saved from your sin, most people then, in turn, don't believe they need a Savior. The difference is, the Bible says here in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. It's not about my sin, it's the wage of sin. That's the problem. In, uh, in Revelation chapter 20, well, they quit Revelation 20. <coughs> and verse 14. Revelation 20, 14, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. Also over in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So if we're back in Romans 6.23 where it says the wages of sin is death. It's referring to one spiritually will be dead. We won't have victory in our life. But also that there's a second death without Christ, which is an eternity in a place called hell. 
that is tormented. <coughs> the, the Bible described as, 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 as the fire and brimstone. It's a, it's a lake with burnt fire. It's, it's uh, talked about where the worm dieth not. It's a bottomless pit. There's several descriptions for what hell is, along with, of course, it's a permanent separation from God. But, but there's a couple factors in this idea. Uh, one is, it just doesn't match the Bible when people preach those things. It's just against the Bible. Two is, somebody looking for peace in their life, somebody looking for truth that might be otherwise open to the gospel, and then you focus on trying to figure out how bad they may or may not be. The truth is, just one white lie in our life is enough sin to send us to hell. Sin is sin. And, and, and we're so busy trying to figure out how wicked somebody is and, 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 and we, in a world where everything is so subjective in the world and, and people think, well, I can live how I want and it's whatever I feel like and, and, and they've not grown up under a Bible-type church or preaching and you go to the average person in the world, they honestly don't think they're that bad. You have to understand that, that according to the Bible, just any sin, anything we've ever done in our lives that could be sinned against God, no matter how small it is, is enough to send us to hell. And if we can understand that and we're saved from that penalty of hell, yes, there's bonuses of sin and how we live and the Holy Spirit working in us, but you can't learn all that until you're saved anyway. Get saved, <coughs> get in the Bible, then you'll understand the Bible, get in church and grow as a Christian and disciple. You'll learn all that stuff. But salvation as the gospel of peace and understand that if I want peace in my life, that journey has to start with just simple belief in Christ based on the penalty of sin. And you'll do people a better service of trying to find that peace in their life and preach the gospel of peace versus... Um, this trying to be a, a moral gospel or or change people's life with the gospel or or <coughs> whatever it is that they get with any form of a work salvation is not only against the Bible, it does more harm than good to bring people to Christ. It's the gospel of peace, um, not a gospel of hardship, which... <coughs> Excuse me, it works salvation would be because any form of a work salvation puts the burden on me to change without Christ. And, and, and it's a hardship. There's no peace there. Uh, there there's no, there, it becomes a dead religion. And, and Bible talks, let's go to John 14. Conversation Jesus having with his disciples as he's getting ready to send um, and telling them about hey, he's going to leave one day, he's going to die, he's going to go back to heaven. And uh, <coughs> um, talking about these things, verse 25, John 14, 25. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, or, or Holy Ghost, uh, and I'm sorry, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things 
and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. But first of all, one of the jobs of the Comforter, the Holy Ghost in our life, when I get saved, is to teach me the Bible. That's why when someone says they don't understand the Bible, uh, the first step would be to check up on salvation. Now there's things we just haven't learned yet, or might have to study a little bit. I'm not saying you can read through the Bible and understand everything right away. Um, or a young person being saved and starting to read the Bible. Um, there's some things that, that take a minute to, to learn, or, or, or what are all the things in the Old Testament when he describes the tabernacle, or all the sacrifices, and all the law. There's a lot of details. There's a lot of things going on there. So that's not the understanding of talking about. <laughs> but it will say um, that we'll be able to read the Bible and understand to the teach the Holy Spirit. It'll teach us all things. Um, we need a change in our life. The Holy Ghost will teach us. Uh, we need to learn something based on the Bible to get closer to God. He'll teach us. Um, we also remember if we've read the Bible and, and read through it, um, He'll bring to remembrance. I, I, I've been, many times I've been preaching and something I've studied, maybe not in my notes, and the Holy Ghost, while I'm preaching, will just bring back, and I've been able to find something in my Bible that I didn't have memorized. And uh, he brought back something by remembrance. I read it, so he said, hey, there's a comfort. Part of the comfort is in the teaching of the Holy Ghost. And then he said, goes on, verse 27, the peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And uh, so he's saying, he's got Jesus saying here, my peace. Uh, this is, the Holy Ghost is a comforter, but, but uh, Jesus said, this is my peace. Um, imagine it's not a kind of peace. It's not a peace in a, in a particular religion. Jesus said here, it's my peace. Um, that's the same. And so Jesus is, you have the progression throughout Bible history. God dealt with people throughout the Old Testament um, through speaking, through his prophets, through work, and the connection was directly with God, proving who God is with the things pointing to Christ coming in the future. Then you had Jesus come on earth. They had Jesus in person to teach and learn from as that comforter, Jesus died, rose again, now he's gone. Now he sent the Holy Ghost uh, to be that comforter and teacher. Um, Acts chapter 10. It's an example here in Acts chapter 10. This is Peter preaching. And, uh, and then go down to verse 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. But uh, so he's saying here, did the pre preaching peace by Jesus Christ. And it's in the peace like the world thinks they're looking for. When we see references here, we're talking about the gospel of peace, or God giving peace, or God... This isn't like, you know, the world looks at, well, hey, there's peace and everything will just be great all the time and no one will be mad at anyone and there'll be no wars and, and, and be that. that's not until Jesus establishes his rule in the millennium reign. We won't, <coughs> we won't see that kind of peace. This is talking about an individual internal peace, the kind of peace that keeps people from 
uh, seeking wicked lifestyles, the kind of peace that keeps people from, from being addicted to drugs or, or, or the habit or whatever it is in the world that, 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 that sinful in them to drag them down away from that and really they think they're finding a peace that, uh, that they can't find, but they're, they're looking. Jesus said there's a real peace. In other words, no matter what the circumstances are around me, I can have peace. No matter what's going on in the world, I can still have peace. No matter how bad the world gets, I can still have peace. And the world's only going to get worse until Jesus comes back. And uh, so what we're, we need to form to find our peace in Jesus. Here they're preaching peace in Jesus Christ. But you cannot find peace in a full salvation. People are so focused on that. Well, the sin, they're, one, they're focusing so much on the negative part and the fact that you have to do something about it. That makes the salvation idea all negative instead of peaceful. If I understand there is a hell, and that's horrible, if I remained in my sin without Christ, I'd be in eternity to hell, but God gave me peace. I accepted Christ and the gift of, of God of eternal life. And the peace is, I can go to heaven. It doesn't matter how bad things are here. I'll be eternity in heaven with Christ one day. And it brings peace to have the salvation of the Bible that just says believe in Christ. Uh, there's a peace there that says I can find it. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when I, by faith, I accept the free gift by grace of eternal life, and it's not of works, lest any man should boast, like, like uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, that uh, man, some of the most boastful Christians I've seen are the ones that think they were did something for it. And, and, and it's crazy how that works. God knew what he's talking about when he wrote the Bible. That being justified by faith. In other words, my faith in God, faith in Christ, and accept that free gift of eternal life. He paid that debt or that wage of sin that we saw in Romans 6.23. That uh, he paid the debt so I can have the free gift of eternal life. I'm justified or just as if I've never sinned. When God looks at my life and my sin, which the Bible says is scarlet, and looks at my life through the covering of Jesus' blood, and he doesn't see my sin anymore. And uh, so I'm justified by faith. It says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. My peace starts with understanding that I, I'm justified and I'm saved the Bible way, the gift, the belief, the simple plan of salvation that Jesus laid out in the Bible, not trying to put religion in or man's opinion in the way or, or get it. My peace starts with the uh, Philippians chapter 4, a verse that we've heard often here over the last month. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 7, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there's a couple things here about peace that we saw. Verse 6 says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry. Don't, don't, don't worry about all the details, circumstances in the world. Be careful for nothing. 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So it gives us a couple things. First of all, it starts with salvation. It's through Christ Jesus. But also it said you'll keep our hearts and minds. Our stability of mind, our stability of heart comes from this peace that God gives because I have salvation, God's way, because I know I could work for it. It's by grace. It's a gift of God that I've accepted. That's where my peace starts so that I can have this peace of God which passes all understanding and God will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He gives us a plan here to do it. Um, to start, now that I'm saved and I know it came through Jesus, I know it came through the gospel, I know that's where my peace starts, now what do I do about how to live in peace? Finally, brother, verse 8, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So this is how our thought process needs to be now that I'm in Christ. And then verse 9, he gives the example of these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So he said, hey, we've given an example. And what you've seen and watched us do, he said, um, you do that and the God of peace will be with you. You know, one of the greatest things we have in our testimony of giving the gospel to the world is showing the world that we have peace. And, and, and the world seeing with all the craziness in the world that we can have peace. Uh, with all the, everyone's afraid of just about everything nowadays, and we can have peace. Uh, everyone's so uncertain about every detail of their life nowadays, we can have peace. Um, everyone's just afraid of what's next and, and, and what's coming next and how bad things are because they, they watch the news instead of read the Bible. And, and they got it. They can look at us and say, hey, you have peace. And, uh, and, and uh, showing God's peace in our lives is one of the greatest tools we have for the sake of the gospel. Not only will it change our life and it will help us, and give us what we need to get through life. It's one of the greatest tools for the gospel that we have. As the world can look at us and say, hey, there's somebody that has peace. What's different? And uh, so the, the peace, first of all, understand it starts with our salvation. And uh, so that starts in us and our salvation. But also, we have to understand when we teach or we witness to somebody They've probably been told something by somebody that, hey, that you got to be good, you got to change first, um, you got maybe you'll get a hope so if you're good enough, or, or, or whatever, all these things. When you witness somebody, uh, you, you kind of know where they're coming from, but take the Bible and show them here's how to have peace. Here's what the gospel is about. The gospel's all have peace. I go to bed. I don't have to worry about what's all as bad as the world's getting. There might be hardship in the world, but I know I'm going to heaven one day. I can have peace. Doesn't matter how bad things are here. I can have peace. And 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 we live in that state of peace and show people that there is a peace that passes all understanding. And we can not only use that for our life and 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 our own benefit and our own comfort through the Holy Ghost giving us that peace, but it's the greatest tool we have to witness to a lost world. 
as to show them that we have peace in our life. With that, let's stand and uh, we'll close in a prayer. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for this day, and God, we thank you for giving us your word. God, we thank you um, that you showed us the plan for peace in our life as this world is going to get worse and worse before you come back uh, to catch us home. God, I pray that you'll um, help us as we witness, God, as we're a testimony, as we go to our places um, of work or community and meet people that that uh, we can show them that there is a peace uh, that passes all understanding that, that they can have and live and not have to live in the, in the crazy amount of fear the world's in right now. God, I pray that you'll help us. God, that we'll live in peace and we'll give our cares to you. Um, but God, that we can show a lost world also um, that there is a peace that passes all understanding. God, I pray that you'll help us. God, keep us, uh, keep us health uh, in health and, and safety. And God, give us boldness as we go live for you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.